0: Hello everyone, welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, Jeff will be discussing a new formula for increasing business in the new market. Now, let's hear from Jeff.
1: So we're gonna jump into a lot of what needs to be talked about right now based on what's taking place in the market. If you look at the last three years, okay, in the last three years, basically 90 to 95% of every listing that went on the market sold easily 90 to 95. I mean, I think in some markets they had 108% of listings sell. I don't even know how that's possible. You're closing more homes than are out. That I mean, doesn't make sense. 90, I mean, it doesn't matter. We, we used to have a policy in our team. Any listing, any price, any condition, just take it. It's going to sell. It doesn't matter. Now, I'm kidding about the commission part, of course. If you've been around us long enough, you know that we very much protect our commissions, which we'll talk about. 90, 95% of listings were selling. But guess what happens in a normal market? 60, to 65% of listings sell in a normal market. In a down market, meaning a buyer's market, you go down to 40 to 50% of listings sell. Right? If you go back to, 2000, for those that are around 2010, 2011, 2009, 2008, in that zone, less than half the inventory was selling. Some markets it was less than a third. So what does this mean then? Well, if we know right now this is likely to go from this To this, that's very real. All right, so if we go from 95% to 60% of listings sell, okay, what's that delta? 25, right? If we have a 25% decline in listings that are selling, what does that mean? That means if we want to have the same amount of sales, we have to take what percent more sellers? 25% 25% more listings. If the percentage of listings that are selling is going from 95 to 60%, very normal. Some markets are already seeing this. It just hasn't shown up in your reports yet, but it will. Might even get to this. This is buyer's market. This is normal market. This is seller's market. If it gets to 60%, pretty normal. That means we're going to have a 25% decline in your listings taken to listing sold ratio. So then guess what happens? If I wanna get the same result, I have to take 25% more listings, but Jeff, I don't wanna do the same. I wanna increase my goals every year. I wanna increase my, my income, and you know, I wanna start living that unreal life you guys talk about. So I, I don't wanna just do the same. Well, how much more do you wanna do? Well, I wanna increase my business by at least 20%. Pretty common. If I'm talking to an agent that's done 40, 50 deals, they wanna to go to 60, 65. That's, that's a pretty normal conversation. Well, if you want to increase your business 20% next year, and listings, the percentage of listings that are selling are down by 25%, then that actually means you need to take 45% more listings if you want to increase your business by 20% next year. Now, this isn't a hypothetical. If you're, if you're, if you're thinking like, yes, I'm being general with these numbers, but this is not hypothetical. This is real. This is what's happening. This is where we're going. Okay, That's why we're having this conversation, to prepare you for it. So if I have to take 45% more listings, now watch this. 45% more listings, then I need to I need to have what? 45% more appointments, then I need to have 45% more leads, then I need to have 45%. More prospects, which means then I need to increase my daily contacts by 45%. If you want to increase your business by 20% next year, you need to figure out a way to increase your daily contacts by 45%. Now, here's the good news a lot of you look at that number and say, well, that's pretty big. Yeah, but think about it for a minute. If you're talking to 15 people a day, 10 people a day, 20 people a day, right? If you're talking to 10 people a day, it's only you're going from 10 contacts a day to now 15 contacts a day. Everyone in this next market needs to be focused on these three letters right here. Contacts per day. Because no matter what strategy you use, I don't care if it's an open house strategy, I don't care if it's a social media strategy, I don't care if it's digital marketing, I don't care if it's for sale by owner, I don't care where it comes from, which obviously we're going to get into, sources of business, and I'm going to give you the latest and greatest on that and what's changed and why it's changed and all of that. But no matter what, everyone in this room, if you want to see an increase of your closings by 20% or more, now until next year, or next year, or in the next six months, whatever, you have to increase your contacts per day by at least 40 to 45%. So then I look at, okay, well, Jeff, right now I'm averaging 10 contacts per day, and you're telling me I basically need to go to 15. Okay, no problem. So now I say, well, where do those come from? How can I go from making, I'm averaging 10 contacts a day, How do i go from 10 until to to 15 what do i need to do well first things first you need to look at how much time is uh, designed for lead generation and prospecting in your schedule that means then watch this if right now you're averaging 10 contacts per hour which is a pretty good ratio by the way then you now have to prospect for 1.5 hours to get to your 15 contacts so you're adding 30 minutes per day Now, of course, if it's taking you two hours to get 10 contacts, then you might have to add an hour to get to 15. But moving forward, I want you to think about no matter what lead source you work, because I know you're all in different places in your business, I want you to think about how can I make 40% more contacts per day? And remember the definition of a contact, it's been updated. A contact is a response from a decision making adult, a response. The response could be, yeah, when can you come out? Or it can be, go fly a kite. I don't care what the response is as long as they responded. It can be through email. It can be through social media. It can be over the phone. It can be at the door. I don't care how you arrive at that contact, but every single person in this room needs to be thinking about their daily contacts and how you have to adjust them in this new market. Because if you want to get the same result in this new market, you're going to have to increase it by 20%. We just discovered why that is. If the listings taken, the listings sold, drop by 20, 25%, which it will, it's already happening, then that means I need to take 20 to 25% more listings to get the same result. Well, you guys don't want the same result. You want an unreal life, a life so amazing it's almost unbelievable. So I wanna increase my goals by 20% every year, Jeff. Great, you gotta take the 20 that it's gonna be down, plus your 20, now we gotta go 40 to get you a 20% increase. Average contacts per day. Now, you can take this even further, okay, if you've got a large team or if you've got a big brokerage, you can actually figure out how many contacts you have to make across the whole team by putting everyone's goals and everyone's business plans together and say, okay, your goal is to increase from this to this, this to this, you can actually figure out how many contacts you and your team have to make on an average day to accomplish that 20% increase or whatever it is that your team wants to accomplish. But it has to be boiled down to the contacts per day. And we have to start using that language more than we have in the past. Because in the past, it didn't really matter. You know, whatever, whatever happens, you know, business is good, man. I got everyone referring me to business, and I had the best year ever in my database. It seems like all of a sudden everything just kind of fell in my lap. Stuff doesn't fall in your lap in the next market. Sure, if you've been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years, you're still going to get some what I call lap business or lap deals but not as much stuff falls in your lap why is this i had somebody come up to me in in, during the half-day session during in austin texas because i shared the statistic of what's nice about a down market or a softening market is the consumers value us more right think about it for a moment for sale by owners actually need our help again right expired listings need a new solution you're gonna hear less and less when, when there are expires. Well, because first of all, you know, in the last market there weren't as many. We still list it. It's amazing to me. I'd have agents tell me, oh yeah, we stopped working expires, you know, there's like been none. How so? We list seven to 10 expires a month in the last market. How are you not having expires? Every market has expires. You're gonna have more expires, which means more opportunities. Less for sale by owners selling. Our value as a real estate agent goes up. And guess what else happens? A lot of agents get out of the business. All you have to do is go back to 2005 versus 2010. Many of you have heard this before. You know in 2005, we had about 1.2 million realtors in the US for about 4.6 million sales. 1.2 million realtors handling 4.6 million sales. It's about four and a half sales per agent. Fast forward all the way to the down market. The amount of agents went from 1.2 to like 700,000. I mean 35% of the industry was gone. I mean, you had offices, and you don't even have to look up the numbers. If you're in a brokerage, you just know. Brokerages went from 60 agents down to 40 agents, 100 agents down to 60 agents, 300 agents down to 210 agents. A third of most offices were gone. But the sales only went from 4.6 to 4.1. So what did that mean? There was actually more to go around. Well, I had someone come up to me in Austin and say, Jeff, based on that, does that mean there's going to be more listings for all of us? And my answer quickly was, absolutely not. And can I tell you why? So what do you mean? You just said if there's less agents to work the business and we're going to see an increase in listings, doesn't that mean that there's more for me, more for us? No, 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 no. Because when the market softens, sellers become more critical of who they hire. In the last market, it didn't matter who they hired. Johnny down the street who just got his license, hey, We can just throw a sign out there with Johnny. I mean, it'll probably sell in in a day with what's going on in the market. When the market softens and the reports start to show that prices are falling, sellers get very critical, judgy, and and, and, and have to make tough decisions of who they're going to hire. That didn't happen in the last market. So to the gentleman that was in Austin, Texas that asked me the question, my response was, no, watch this. The best agents get more market share. The ones in the middle actually lose the most because they make a decision to stay there, and then they end up coming dropping down here. The best agents, the best teams with the best resources, the best brokerages with the best marketing, that's what the sellers want in a softening market. It's none of this, well, it doesn't, I mean, the market's hot. I mean, I like her, it felt good, you know, we'll go with her. She, you know, it seems she was referred No, no, no. So can you tell me specifically what are you gonna do to sell my home so that way we don't have to sit on the market for a long time? I'm I'm hearing about price reductions and I don't wanna become one of those stale listings. In the next market, the agent with the best skills, and I'm not just talking sales skills. The agent with the best marketing skills. The agent with the best social media skills. The agent with the best presentation skills. The agent with the best technology skills. The agent with the best video skills that agent will win in this new market. The agents that just rely on what they've been doing, they're gonna feel a reduction and some of them are already feeling it, hopefully not in this room. They're gonna feel a reduction in leads. They're gonna feel a reduction in results. Hey Jeff, all of a sudden, conversation I was having about 10 days ago, all of a sudden my listing appointments gone on The listing taken ratio has dropped. Why is that? Well, what are you doing? I'm following your process. Well, when's the last time you've updated your marketing plan of action? Well, I took your listing mastery back in 2019, and I put it together then. It's been two, three years. we gotta, we got to update that. Sellers are becoming more critical of who they hire when a market softens. Are you going to be the best agent for the job for them? Say yes. So three of you. All right, good. If you're going to be the best agent for the job then you better pay attention to every single session this week. Because as you've probably figured out by now, you have an opportunity to be in a position to take more market share than you've probably ever had an opportunity to before. Because what's taking place right now is the perfect storm for an agent with great skills to shine. While everyone else flounders. So I wanna share with you, and we're gonna start this and we'll cover the rest of it when we come back for lunch. I wanna share with you the benefits. Actually, I'll get through these before we're done. The benefits of being a great listing agent. We're gonna do these and then when we come back from lunch, I'm gonna share with you the traits and the mindset of top listing agents right now. So turn to a clean sheet of paper. Turn to a clean sheet of paper. And I want you, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 benefits of being a great listing agent. Because I know a lot of you are used to working with both buyers and sellers. And unless you're designated as a buyer's agent, or unless you're designated as an operations manager, unless you're designated as a particular role, my goal in the next 10 minutes before we do lunch announcements is to make sure you all go to lunch with one understanding, and that is, gosh darn it, moving forward, I'm a listing agent. So write these down. Number one, I wrote down the employer versus the employee. The employer versus the employee. Some of you have heard this story before, and I'll keep it short because I know some of you have. When I first sat down with my broker, his name is Tim Riley, he's no longer with us today, I was sitting in his office. I said, Tim, you know, 18, 19 years old, just was about to turn 19. Sitting in his office, maybe 20, 25 days into the business. Tim, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it in this business. What do you mean, Jeff? You kidding me? Come on. Tim, I'm 18 years old. I don't own a home. I'm still driving my Pontiac Grand Dam from high school. And, you know, I've never sold a house. Why would anyone trust me with their home? I'm looking out here and seeing all these old timers, which, you know, I was 18, so these old timers were like in their 30s, which is kind of interesting because now I feel like I must be the old timer now. I'm looking at all these old timers. Why are they going to trust me over these guys? He said, Jeff, here's the deal. You're not going to get business for a while from your friends' parents. You're not going to get business for a while from, you know, referrals. You're not going to get business from your friends. They're not in a position to hire you at this moment. And also, your friends' parents you know, aren't going to necessarily trust you, which is true. I mean, I, you know, yeah, just this weekend, I was at my buddy's house, and we were up till like 3 a.m. Of course they're not. He said, Jeff, there's two types of people in this world. People you know, people you don't know. Which group is bigger? Well, obviously, the, people of group, I, the, the, the group of people I don't know. He said, A good. We're going to focus on that group. He said, now, once you have an understanding that you're going to focus on people that you don't know, which, by the way, is your cold calls, your expires, your for sale by owners, your just listed, just sold the circle prospecting, you know, sign calls, internet leads, people that don't know me. Once you make a decision that you're going to focus on that group, okay, because we can talk all day about why everyone in this room should be also focused on that group as much as you're focused on the people you do know. You know that the best database agents in the land fail to make one major mistake, putting new people into their database, it's amazing to me, I meet agents that are really good with their database and, oh yeah, man, I churn I you know, X amount of deals out of my database every year. Oh, I get 35 deals a year from my database, I'm that good with my database. Wow, 35 deals every year? How long have you been getting 35 deals a year for out of your database? Probably like the last five years. Why isn't that number increasing? Because most agents that are database, they claim to be database agents, which, hey, it's a good thing, I, I was never a database agent, we are now too. The mistake that database agents make, is they stop putting people in the funnel, and then they run out of new people to work with because they're so focused on taking care of what they have. You've gotta do both simultaneously if you wanna grow your business. Otherwise, yeah, you're just gonna maintain. So he said, Jeff, you're gonna make a decision to focus on people that don't know you, and that's the group I want you to focus on early on in your career. He said, now, there's one other question that you need to, to uh, you gotta get your arms wrapped around this question. Do you wanna be an employer? Or you don't want to be an employee what do you mean he said well the employees spend their nights weekends holidays and otherwise would-be time with family out showing all the listing inventory of all the employers in the market So do you want to be an employer that comes in at 7, 8 o'clock, and you maybe work until 4, 5, or 6, Monday through Friday? You have a well-balanced schedule. You have a disciplined uh, routine, and and you, you control your time? Or do you want to be an employee that works all of the showings and buyers of all the employers in the market? I want to be an employer. Great. So you're going to focus on being a listing agent. You have to make a decision to be the employer, not the employee. That's number one. Number two. Benefits of being a great listing agent? Recognition in your local market, recognition in your local market leads to more business faster. Recognition in your local market leads to more business faster. And I'm going to give you one basic example of this. Of course, there's probably 10 of them. The old-fashioned yard sign. Now, of course, I know if you represent a buyer, in theory, if it's acceptable in your market and you get permission from the listing agent, which they almost will never give you, you could technically, as a buyer's agent, put a sign in the yard and say, I brought the buyer. Okay, not many are going to say yes to that, but from time to time you can do that, but you might not make a lot of friends in your market if you do so. So, if you're a listing agent... You have a sign in the yard. And, of course, if you're on a team, you probably got a rider on the top or there's some way for them to contact you or you're marketing that listing by by calling the neighbors or knocking on the doors or doing a mailing. You're building a reputation of being a great listing agent. When is the last time you had a, 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 a buyer sale and you turn around and sent postcards to the neighborhood announcing that buyer sale? Now, there's some agents in the room I know that do that. And I appreciate that, I respect that, but it's a little harder to do as a buyer's agent, right? Because you gotta get technical and say, I brought the buyer and you know, I can't claim, it can't, can't look like you were the listing agent, you can't deceive anybody. It's easier to get recognition in the community as a listing agent versus a buyer's agent. And that is what leads to more business faster. That's number two. Number three, benefits of being a great listing agent. It gives you credibility it gives you credibility and a track record. It gives you credibility and a track record to convert more seller business. It gives you credibility and a track record to convert more seller business. You don't see too many people advertising their track record as a buyer's agent. But I better believe I, I, Bet you the top listing agent in your market is talking about how fast their listings sell and the percentage of list price to sales price and how many of their listings sell versus expire. They know all of that. those stats. Where are those stats as a buyer's agent? Now, by the way, in a softer market, I'm going to give you a quick buyer, buyer's agent tip. When the market softens, I want you to advertise your average sale from the list price to the sales price. If I'm meeting with a buyer during a buyer consultation and I'm able to save my buyers, on average, 4% off the list price, that's part of my buyer presentation. If I'm meeting with a buyer during a consultation, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, I'm sure, you know, you've heard the market's been pretty hot, and I know a lot of buyers have been paying over asking price, but did you know that I'm actually saving every single one of my buyers on average right now 4%? And on a $300,000 home that's $12,000 back in your pocket, that's my skill as a great buyer's agent. If you haven't updated your buyer, consultation, you're going to be behind. This is the perfect time to update it, right? If you're still talking about, you know, multiple offer situations, and and by the way, to some degree, you're going to prepare them for that depending on their price range. This is a perfect opportunity to update your buyer consultations. Number four, more referrals go to listing agents versus buyer's agents. It's proven. 20 years of doing this, more referrals go to listing agents over buyer's agents. Why is that? Well, because the listing process is a difficult one. The listing process from start to finish, you don't want to refer someone to just anyone. Now, when it's a buyer, you know how the process works. You know the process is a little bit easier. So, you know, you might help you go on Zillow, find a couple agents. Right now, agent-to-agent referrals on sellers is bigger than it's ever been. As the market softens, that's actually gonna go up even more because they wanna make sure they get in the hands of a professional. They wanna make sure they get in the hands of a great listing agent. Sure, they want a good buyer's agent too, but there's something different about the listing process. And so we have to make sure, you know, I I get a Jay Faschetti type in my market, let's just say. I'm giving all my referrals to Jay because of his reputation. That doesn't happen as much on the buy side. It happens more on the seller side. Number five, benefit of being a great listing agent, it's easier to predict and anticipate future income. It's easier to predict and anticipate future income. It's easier to predict and anticipate future income. Well, I know the percentage of my listings that are selling. Right now, the market's so wonky. I, I don't know the buyers. You know, They're changing their mind. They're wanting to back out. I don't really know my buyer stats right now, Jeff. How about this one, number six? This is an old one. It's been around forever, and it's still accurate to this day. It's called the two-to-one formula. For every listing you take, you have two transactions. That's not always the case for every buyer you work. For every listing you take, you have two immediate transactions, meaning like within 90 days. Well, what if they're not buying in my state? Are you, going to get, are you going to get a buyer or a seller from an open house? Is it possible you can get a lead off of that listing? Oh yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Not every buyer has a home to sell. So I can't tell you that for every buyer you're going to get two right away, but I can tell you for every seller you're going to get two right away, assuming you price it right. Number seven, benefit of being a great listing agent. You can develop market stats and reviews. You can develop market stats and reviews. Develop market stats and reviews to use for self-promotion. Develop market stats and reviews to use for self-promotion. Again, your buyers are not usually talking about, oh, we saved so much by working with Jeff, or where your sellers will talk about that. Your Your sellers will talk about how much more money they got or how fast you got it done. Buyers don't always do that. Number eight. More control of your income, benefit of being a great listing agent, more control of your income. You set the commission. You know what you're going to get paid. You represent a buyer, you don't always know what you're going to get paid. Now I'm seeing agents offering one and a half, two, two and a half percent. Listing agent, you can control your income. Number nine, benefit of being a great listing agent, it's market proof. It's market proof. If a seller needs to sell, they need to do it right now and we need to do it immediately. What happens if a buyer gets in a pinch? They can always rent. We can always move in with parents. We can put things on hold. We can figure it out for a little bit. If a seller needs to sell, they have to sell. If a buyer doesn't have to buy, they can rent. They can habitat in a place where they're not buying from you. It's market-proof. doesn't matter what's happening in the market. That's number nine. Number 10. Number 10 is you can still convert buyers benefit of being a great listing agent you can still convert buyers without showing homes you can still convert buyers your seller want to buy something Jeff you said be a great listing agent I don't want to show homes you can still convert these sellers to buyers without showing homes and then just put in parentheses next to that the showing agent model which most of you are familiar with we've been promoting that for years you can still convert buyers without showing a home That's a benefit of being a great listing agent. Your seller wants to go buy, you you flip them over to a showing agent if you don't want to show houses. Number 11. The path of most resistance is what leads us down the path to most freedoms. The path of most resistance is what leads us down the path to most freedoms path of most resistance. Would you guys agree that the listing business, the listing side of the business has more rejection and more resistance than working with buyers? Say yes. Yes. So then if the path of most resistance is what leads me down the path of most freedom, the more resistance and the more rejection I get now, the more freedom and flexibility later. What do most agents do? They make the mistake of taking the freedom and flexibility now, and it hurts them later. Get rejected. Get the resistance now. Number 12, I got two left, and we're gonna break for lunch here in a second. Number 12, buyer leads are through the roof right now. The cost of buyer leads, sorry, buyer leads cost, or the cost of buyer leads, however you wanna write that down. The cost of buyer leads are through the roof right now. I mean, in in some markets, and even in Detroit, buyer leads through Zillow are 400 bucks a lead, 500 bucks a lead. We're doing our math on some of the transactions and zip codes that we're in. We're happy with a one-to-one, meaning getting our money back. We're just happy to get our investment back. Now, some of you would say, well, that's not a good investment, Jeff. You know, you're putting a lot of money just to get it back. Well, we're not doing it for the immediate money. We're doing it for future business. We're doing it for the referrals. We're doing that for the reviews, which will lead to more business. Buyer leads are just too dang expensive today number 12 and then finally number 13 benefit of being a great listing agent benefit of being a great listing agent write down a listing based business a listing based business will lead to a listing based business will lead to an unreal life a listing-based business will lead to an unreal life, which you don't, I don't have to tell you is a life so amazing, it's almost unbelievable.
0: Thank you for taking time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify, and subscribe today. Until next time.